0: This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out, and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 15 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. This is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they are not specifically podcasting about the law. My guest today is Daniel Gershberg, a bankruptcy and real estate lawyer in New York City who was born and raised in Brooklyn and uh, always has had an entrepreneurial spirit. After attending New York Law School, he immediately opened the doors of his own office, that's a bold move, and um, hoped to change the way small attorneys are perceived. Besides being the owner and president, Daniel's involved in various not-for-profit and pro bono initiatives, like the Brooklyn Bar Association Volunteer Lawyers Project, Pencil.org. You're going to tell us about that, Daniel. And uh, he proudly serves as a board member for the Street Academy for Financial Literacy. He's also currently co-teaching classes at New York Law School about ways students can effectively open up their law practices. And he teaches bankruptcy and real estate for various CLE providers, including LexisNexis, LawLine, and NACLE.com. And uh but but we're here to talk about podcasting. Yes, we are. <laughs> Daniel's podcast. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um your podcast is called I Am The Law. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the show. Um so
1: initially what I what I wanted to do with the podcast was to um talk to consumers directly and sort of discuss with them the the way to to do, you know, to the things to look out for in the real estate closing. Um, you know what to look out for in the bankruptcy petition, etc. Because I kept thinking of different ways to to market. To be perfectly frank with yep. you, um, I blogged for a while, and then I I fell into podcasting. Um, listened to a bunch. Tim Ferriss was one. Gary Vaynerchuk was another. Non legal related podcasting. And I thought this would be kind of cool um, to actually just just do some instructional stuff for clients. And then that lasted for about two weeks. And I said, I can't possibly do this. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> And completely, completely switched uh, the direction of the podcast itself into what it is today, which is essentially a conversation um, with lawyers, but also people in the legal tech industry about what they see coming. And um, the impetus behind that was to see whether or not I will be around. Right. Is this an existential threat to small law firms? What is law going to look like five years from now or 10 years from now, whatever it is? Is it even going to be recognizable? Because for years, I thought it was a a horrifically inefficient way. Specific practice areas were were done very, very inefficiently. So um, I tailored the podcast essentially to talk to people about the business of law more than anything else um,
0: and what they see going forward. Oh, very interesting. Very yeah. Good. So yeah. you were listening to, you said, non-legal podcasts, and then you, you started out to do a legal podcast for, for clients, yes. client-facing stuff. What was it that that you realized wasn't going to work?
1: They were horrifically boring. <laughs> uh, they were just just horribly, and that's kind of why. So, you know, I, I, I obviously own a law firm. I practice law. Yeah. I love certain aspects of the law, but when I'm not lawyering, I, I like to sort of look outside of that. Sure. And um, everything that I saw in, in the way that these things were delivered to clients was, you know, my passion just wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's an overutilized word in terms of passion, but I literally, you know, it goes back to me starting a firm right after law school. Yeah. I, I couldn't work for someone. I, I just, if I, if I don't like doing something, I, I can't do it really well, sure. um, and that causes horrible repercussions. So, um, you know, initially I thought, well, why don't I, you know, talk to people about, you know, the first time they buy an apartment in Manhattan and what to expect. And there wasn't necessarily a direction to it. I kind of just said, oh, well, people are curious about taxes, or people are curious about this, and I knew that that had a shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that was because. Going back to my blogging, I, would, I blogged for years about bankruptcy and real estate. And at a certain point, I said, what the hell can I possibly say about bankruptcy that just hasn't been said already, right? <laughs> uh, and, and where I would actually be fascinated by it and, and want to discuss it at length. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. I, I, I want to do something that is totally different from what I did before. And so that—that's this is the, the new iteration uh, of that podcast itself. And I'm actually, you know, since since we even uh, started uh, discussing this interview, I, I joined up with somebody else to do even a, a separate podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, called Trigger Warning, where it's myself and Eric Mayer, who's a, who's an attorney out in Kansas, and we discuss legal blogs of the day. Um, and we have certain objections to, to certain things and we discuss issues
0: of the day in the legal context. And I, I love doing that as well. Oh, okay. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when you started doing, when you decided to do your own podcast, wh- uh, how did you go about the, the setup? Are you a techie geeky kind of guy? Did you do it yourself? Did you have some help? We'll talk about it- that.
1: You know what? I thought I was. And then at some point things just passed by me. I'm a relatively young guy. And, uh, and I was always on the forefront of everything. And at some point I woke up and and I said, what the hell just happened? How do I not, not, you know how to use some of these things? So obviously I asked uh, a few of my interns who were much younger than me. Um, I, I literally said to one of them like, you, uh, what do you listen to podcasts? And they looked at me like I had four eyes and, uh, (laughs) I said, yes, Daniel, we listen to podcasts. Um, (laughs) I said look i want I want to set it up. You know, how do I go about doing that? And they did some research for me, and I did some research for myself. And I thought, you know, I always thought that you needed some really huge enclosed space, like a recording studio. I don't know where I was getting this, but thinking like, yeah, I don't have $10,000 to invest in this. Yeah. And what I realized um, pretty quickly, based on the research that we, we did, was that you really just need a snowball mic, which is about 50 bucks. Uh, I use Audacity software, yep. which is essentially free. Or you can use GarageBand. I have a Mac. Um, and to be honest with you, you know when I, when I initially started it, I was using SoundCloud. And I, I thought, how do I get this onto iTunes? Number one, to impress my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, because I thought that, you know, you would have more of a reach. And I actually, instead of dedicating the time, p- perhaps I should do that, but instead of dedicating the time to, to learn how to do that, I went on elance.com, mm-hmm. um, which is something I do quite often. Yeah. And, uh, elance allows you to essentially say, Hey guys, here's my problem. Can someone help with this? And you get to hire someone. So for, I think it was 20 bucks. Um, this gentleman, uh, had me, uh, on iTunes within a few days or so, uh, and it was a very seamless process. So that's, that's how it kind of started out. Um, bare bones, you know, very little editing. Um, and, uh, you know, now with the second podcast that we're doing, we're, we're polishing it much more. Which I think has some advantages, uh, but that's how I got started.
0: And on the second show, are you recording it on your end, or you, is he recording it on his? Eric
1: is recording on his end. He's using GarageBand uh, to do it, and he has some um, uh, some voice intros that come in, yeah, some music that comes in. And you know what we did with the pilot episode is essentially it was it was forty eight minutes long initially, mm-hmm. and we cut it down to twenty seven minutes. Wow, and it was great. Uh, it just sounded really brisk, really clean. Uh, and so that's you know that's going to be what we're going to be doing. I, I recorded about three or four podcasts prior to the holidays um, that are going to go up on my personal podcast. The I am the Law okay. One so after you, this year. Yeah. So you're
0: batching them a little bit. Yes, huh? oh, yes. That's, yes, that's smart. That's smart. I,
1: I, mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the availability of the speakers. We've I, I've honestly been super lucky to get some of the guests that uh, that we've been able to get. Um, mm-hmm. And so based on their availability, I just work around them. Yeah, so, sure. You know, sure. If we can get three or four in the row that 's
0: great yeah same thing as I do with this show you know we 're recording this on the day after Christmas, and my kids are outside the office door waiting for me to come help them build their Lego sets and things right. like that but you know we 're you know it 'll will be done shortly and yeah. and um, move on with things so yeah, batching yeah. is a great way to to get a lot done in a short amount of time and and be efficient as well so. Uh, yeah that, that's fantastic
1: and i think it's good for lawyers also by the way i mean if they're doing that because one of the things that the lawyer a lawyer will say is well i don't even have how do i possibly have the time to do something like this well you know if you have a friday afternoon where you have three hours set aside that that's free you mm-hmm. can schedule this in where you you do one pack podcast after the other after the other and now you've got three weeks three months whatever it is yeah. worth podcasts right then and there yeah i mean I, you know i'm i'm
0: as you as you might no, I'm evangelizing for podcasting as a yes. marketing tool for lawyers. And and uh, that is the big objection, isn't it? The time and well, the money, which you've already addressed, is that it really sure. doesn't cost a lot. But yeah, how do you find the time to do it? And one of the sort of tricks that you've figured out is that you know, preparing a topical, legal, subject matter podcast about your practice area, even if you know your practice area cold, takes some time to sit down and write it and outline it and figure out what you're going to say and all that. Um, but interviewing somebody who knows this stuff, you know, it, it becomes a dialogue and it's, it's a, a facile way of getting these things done. So, Absolutely. um, so yeah, you're onto something there. Yep. Um, have you, would you say that, I mean, so how many episodes in are you with the podcast overall?
1: I think we're about fifteen. I think we're, we're we're live with about eight or nine of them, and okay. we have another six in the tank. Yeah. Uh, and I have about three or four more that are coming up in terms of interviews themselves. And now with the second podcast that we're doing, we only have one in, and we're going to be recording a. Yeah. We're going to be doing it every other week.
0: Oh, okay, um, yeah.
1: so we're going to be recording one in about a week or so. Yeah,
0: are yeah. you um, are you seeing any benefits in your practice from having done <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what. Um, not from a consumer standpoint, but mm-hmm. you know, I look at this as a very different thing. So, I mentioned that I, I did a total 180 and started dealing with people that were in the legal tech marketplace. Yeah. In, in two months, um, two months ago, I knew no one in that marketplace. Literally, no one. I knew one guy that uh, was a buddy of mine, uh, David Schnurman, who's uh, who's the CEO of Lawline.com, which yeah. is a cle company. Um, one intro led to the other, led to the other, and. I am really immersed in that area, for better or worse. So you know, it's it's amazing what it's able to do, and it's it's almost like a microcosm of social media, right? Mm -hmm. So when when the lawyer says, "Have there been effects, you know, on your practice?" Have have you what they really mean is, "Have you made any money from that?" (laughs) Right? So has money come in? No, it hasn't. But it's the same thing as social media, where a lot of people will say, "Oh, if I sign up to the Twitter, I'll I'll be a millionaire." And that's not the way it works. What you can do, though, is you can certainly make connections with other people in other practice areas that foster relationships mm-hmm. that then can foster clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, that's sort of the way I look at it is that this is more, for me, of a, of a passion play, and it's more of understanding the environment that I find myself in. Um, mm-hmm. There was a practice area that we wanted to potentially expand to, and then we're not now thinking we shouldn't because of the podcast's. Uh, that I've done and, and learning as much about the future of law um, as I have from these people. Yeah. So there there have been tangible benefits, uh, non-monetary tangible benefits, put it to you that way. And I don't want monetary benefits. Uh, that's another thing. That's a little bit different. Um, I, I don't – I want to do it for the ability to speak to people without without an ask, right? Um, if I do this and you know, I think to hell with it, if someone comes in, great – I have a much better way of presenting and, and being conversational and being myself than you know me guarding because I may say something that a client may not like in mm-hmm. some way. And it's just, it just it becomes too difficult to do it that way. So.
0: But it is a way to put yourself out there to be visible and, yes. and notable. And uh, you, when you're speaking to the, you know, you're opening doors, as you said, to these people in this legal tech community who, you know, hey, they may from time to time have occasion to refer some business. Sure. And, uh, you know, if you've, if you've made a good impression, <laughs> they'll think of you fondly. And, uh, yeah, ahead. I
1: think so. And I think on, on top of that, uh, the one thing that, that sort of comes to mind is look, you know, all things equal. You have a website, somebody else has a website, they have a blog. You have a blog because everyone has a blog. Yep. You have a podcast. They may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's as, as silly as it may sound to some people that there could be a young consumer. There could be a, an older consumer that's, that's a techie that appreciates that. And who do we hire sometimes? We hire those lawyers that we identify with, that we like, mm-hmm. that we think share the same sort of interests as, as we do when it comes to certain things. So, for instance, if I, you know, if I was a small firm lawyer or I was a startup lawyer, Uh, or I should say a startup client, and I was looking up lawyers, I see one lawyer has a podcast, one lawyer hasn't updated their website in a year and a half, maybe there's a difference there. I'm not saying that there is, but I'm saying maybe, you know, there's no harm in having it. So I think that's that's also
0: important to keep in mind. That's right. It projects that you have it together. You've got, uh, you know, being, it's that, that fine line of being busy, but not so busy that you don't have time for the new new client. If you exactly, if you're able to do these things and and manage your, your, your life in addition to your law practice, um, it makes a good impression on on prospective clients. I think that's great. Yeah. So talk about your workflow a little bit. You you mentioned that you, you sort of batch these, these things. So uh, how do you go about prepping when you have an interview scheduled for some, someone, do you go ahead?
1: Yeah, so um, we know about a week to two weeks out um, what, who we're going to talk to. Um, and the way I – it really depends on the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you why. There there's some guests that we've spoken to that um, are really elevator pitchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you really have to know their company inside and out because you want to hit them with questions surrounding the company, how they got started. And they're, they're not necessarily the most free-flowing people. <laughs> Um, so there's been instances where you know I'll, I'll literally Google the guest and I'll see the guest uh, do a do a video on YouTube over something or give a speech, and I'll know right away whether or not that guest is going to be just you know have some timing and being able to sort of uh, talk off the cuff, mm-hmm. or whether or not they're more comfortable with prepared things. Um, with those, you know, you typically prepare for for a little while about again the company, where they came from. They love talking about the genesis of the company itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you want to find out. And another interesting thing is you look at who their competitors are, and you ask them, "Look, you know, here's here's the field. How do you differ from these people? What makes your product better?" Um, and they appreciate that. Sure. And then, you know, for other guests, um, you know that they're more free flowing. So um, I had Ellie Mistal from Above the Lawn and he's one of my mm-hmm. just an amazing person, and he uh, was a, just a phenomenal guest. And I had five or six talking points, right? The future of law, our law school's crap, um, what's wrong with the profession, just stuff like that. And uh-huh. I would say, well, what's wrong with the profession? And we would just go back and forth, right? And I had an idea that that was going to happen. And, and those are the most fun uh, podcasts that, that at least I have. Yeah, sure. It's, yeah, it's, the, it's sort of they,
0: like sitting down over a cocktail with somebody, right?
1: Exactly right. And that's what people want to sort of hear, I think, when they listen to a podcast, right? Not a canned response, not, you know, so Jeff, tell me why you're the best bankruptcy attorney in the world. It's more, you know, what do you feel is wrong with the law right now? What could we help correct, right? Um, And so for those, I prepare a little bit differently. There's not as many written out questions because I know that they're going to fire questions to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more understanding the industry, understanding their background, and probably writing down five or six talking points that I want to uh, get to. Mm-hmm. I never time the interviews either. Uh, I let them just go. Sure. Uh, you know, some you know should finish after twenty minutes, and some I, I've had interviews that went on for two hours. <laughs> so. You know, it really just depends on the client itself.
0: And if you get a two hour interview, are you likely to break it into two episodes and do part one and part two, or are you just going to make it a two hour episode? What's your thoughts on
1: that? I, I do a part one and part two. Um, the reason I do that is because uh, you, you, no matter how good a movie is, after a certain period of time, you lose focus. Uh, <laughs> You're so concentrating
0: on how numb your butt
1: is, right? It's it's there. enough, right. It's <laughs> just like enough. I, I get it. You guys are hysterical, but after an hour, like stop it for the love of God. So you you like to break those up uh, into separate episodes, maybe edit them down a little bit. Um, and that's, that's really important. That's one of the things that I learned actually teaching CLE classes was, you know, the first 30 minutes or so, you 've got the room right yeah. if you're good, you've got the room and they're watching you pace and watching you talk after an hour. you could be phenomenal right, mm-hmm. but they're going to slowly wane off and then after an hour and a half, they're just begging for a break um, and so it, it just you, yeah. you take that and you bring it to a podcast as well and mm-hmm. you operate
0: the same way. Yeah, let's face it. Attention spans have gotten shorter over the last couple of decades. And, I have uh, four minutes in me. <laughs> it. It. Max, max. And then it. you're checking your Facebook or your Twitter Ooh. or your,
1: whatever. Constantly. While I'm talking, it's, just, it's, it's absurd. So Yeah, um, I've yeah, given
0: a few like CLE it. talks as well. And, you know, the... the the glow of the from the audience of the of the phones up at their faces while you're standing on the stage talking to them is it's amazing i had one person actually fall asleep
1: during one night and i was like you know what i can't blame this guy Mm -hmm. i just can't it's it's, (laughs) i understand i understand
0: where he's coming from so it's fine sure we've all been there
1: yeah oh yeah we've all absolutely been there he had had probably had a fun night and i you know
0: let him live so how much post-production do you do on your shows
1: Um, very little. Mm -hmm. Uh, initially it was very, it was almost nothing. And now it's very little. Again, we're getting down to, you know, in these next three or four that we're going to be doing, we're going to be editing them down. But Mm -hmm. when you're talking about post-production, really, you're talking about maybe an hour max. I mean, there's not a lot. You want to cut certain things out, which Mm -hmm. means you have to listen to it. But, um, I'll sometimes note when I'm talking to the actual guest, I'll circle or write down the actual time. Yeah. Where something either sounded off or, you know, there was one guest of mine who was actually, um, you could hear her typing in the background. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, I got to cut this out. So, but it's never taken me more than half hour, maybe an hour max to actually do any kind of post-production or anything else. I just want to make sure it, it sounds good, yeah. that it flows, et cetera. So, yeah. That's right. You're doing it yourself? I do it myself, okay, yeah. So
0: you, yes. And you're not worried about the ums and ahs and the breathing and the noises and those kinds of things. That sort of...
1: I wish you look, there's, there's obviously cons to that where people say, um, I realized, uh, a lot of the time that, that I will do those things when listening to myself and I try and correct that, but there's, there's a trade-off because if they sound too polished, it yes. doesn't feel real. Um, and then on the flip side, if like, like I just did, I said, um, you know, it's really me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's difficult to, uh, to, to cut all those out because it's part of, The person's character, it's who they are. So it doesn't bother me as much.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. I mean, I know there are some folks out there that spend hours and hours, you know, making it sound like a produced radio, you know, uh, play or something. It's it's just, don't bother.
1: (laughs) It's not. You're having fun, you're doing a podcast, it's, you know, let it go. This isn't, it's not going to the the Emmys. You know, you're not winning awards for it, you know?
0: And and let's be honest, you know, um, people, as you said, people. Gravitate to people they know and like and identify with, and they trust, and that and the yeah. trust comes from hearing a real person on the other end of the line and and in their earbuds, and so it's natural, it's authentic, and transparency. Yeah, uh, transparent. So I think yeah. important. So, yeah. so has this? I mean, you're you're fifteen or so episodes in. You've got a few more in the can and a few more scheduled now. Do you think th- this is worth it, and is it effective for you for what your purposes? Look.
1: I think about it in a very different angle, as I mentioned before. I, I just like doing it, you know, okay. in an industry where everything. I mean, you look at your website and you have to make sure it's not too salesy and that mm. there's enough disclaimers left and right. And you look at your blog and you make sure you're not giving legal advice and your adwords. And it's also just tiring mm-hmm. um, that you have this ability to actually have a conversation with someone. Hopefully, give value to someone that's actually listening, where they can learn something uh, from the conversation itself, or just hear two interesting people talk. Uh, I I like that. You know, I don't I don't get tired of it because for me it's kind of like well I get, I get to learn about a company, right? I don't have to sell them anything. Uh, I don't have to discuss why I'm better than other lawyers or you know what their situation is. I could just literally talk to them. And you know we're able to 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 send this out to all of our listeners, mm-hmm. um, and they they're having a good time with it. There's no reason to, to to stop it. I'm 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 having fun. So you know until the day where I don't have fun anymore, and because I've done it in the way that I have, where it's hopefully not markety, uh, I think that I'll, I'll keep doing it for a really long time. And I'm really excited about the one that I'm uh, the podcast that I'm doing with Eric as well because I, I don't I don't think there's anything like it right now. Uh, and and we really are just sarcastic bastards throughout the entire thing, and that's just it's it's fun to do.
0: That's awesome. Actually, one of my yep. favorite podcasts is a couple of Australian uh, guys that do uh, a show. They used to do a show. I haven't heard it in a while, but they call it Two Schooners. And they're sitting down over beers, literally, and yep. talking into their microphones, and <laughs> that's exactly it. That's
1: exactly. It. I mean, I, I love that, and and uh, Eric's a great personality too, and and we work very well off each other. And again, it's it's just two guys talking about the law, about blogs, about good blogs, about crappy blogs, about you know the state. Uh, for instance, we were discussing the the Harvard exam story for a long period of time and yeah. ripping those guys. Um, it, it's and we're able to be opinionated and actually say what we we like and what's on our minds, you know, so it's, uh, we'll, we'll keep doing that for a while. That's great. So
0: talk about your, your biggest challenges and your favorite moments in the podcast itself, in podcasting generally and getting up and running and
1: doing it. So the, the, the biggest challenge um, wasn't getting it up and running or anything else, and it wasn't getting listeners, because I think that, that comes organically. If you, know, if you do good work, mm-hmm. it, 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 you seem to rise to the top and people, people listen. Um, and again, if you, if you don't have expectations and you just do it because you like doing it, you're far ahead of 90% of the people that are, that are doing it for, for other reasons. Um, I think the biggest challenge is sometimes you will have, as I mentioned before, a guest that will come on and um, want to promote their company versus having a conversation, and that's that's tough as as a host uh, or someone that's interviewing them to because you want to learn about the area of tech. Let's say just as an example here, uh, and you have a guest that continues to sort of say, "Well, we're better because," and this was you know mm-hmm. why we started this thing, and and it, it gets very you know elevator pitchy. Uh, that becomes problematic because you know that show is just not, y- you want to give the listener something um, that they like, something sure. that they'll learn. So that's, that's one of the toughest challenges. Uh, and it really comes down to doing some background mm-hmm. on the, the presenter or in the speaker or the guest, if you will. Yeah. And seeing who they are, you know, if you can, again, catch the other podcasts that they've been on uh, videos that they've done mm-hmm. just to get a sense of who they are. That's, that's been the biggest challenge. Um, and I, I think the biggest, what was it? The biggest accomplishment was the second, well, sort you know, of,
0: yeah, just the, the fun favorite moments, whatever.
1: I, I, you know, when, when I riff, when I riff with, uh, Ellie or, or Sam Glover of the lawyerist, when, mm-hmm. when we get to talk like we have two beers in front of us, that's, and we're doing it for over an hour and you know, you're just having fun and you're meeting these people where, you wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to meet them without this. Mm-hmm. That's fun, right? So I, I get to talk to – I spoke to uh, Abe Geiger. I'm probably butchering his last name from, from Shake Law. And when I went into it, Shake Law is a, a, essentially a website and a tool that allows uh, people to – let's say a DJ can get a contract signed by a venue uh, very, very simply. It mm-hmm. takes lawyers almost out of the equation. But initially I thought, oh, these guys are just going to give me some pitch, whatever it is. Turned out, this guy's just a brilliant guy. Really easy to talk to. Really just down the earth. And we had a great talk about what um, what Shake is essentially doing, which is one part uh, lawyer less solution, but really two parts delivery system for contracts. And you get to talk to these people where you'd have no opportunity to do this otherwise. You could send the cold email, but that sounds just mm-hmm. strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those are really the, the, the biggest accomplishments in that you get to have this varied conversation with so many different people. Um, and you know that if this goes well, you'll speak to another person, then a different person, a different person. And it's, your circle changes. It, that's one of the things with lawyers, by the way, and what podcasting can kind of do. Lawyers – have specific circles typically that they, that they work with a couple of attorneys here, a couple of attorneys there. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that'll cloud the way they look at certain things, but you'll see it through, you know, each other's eyes. Um, right. And so if you're a personal injury attorney and you are talking to three or four other personal injury attorneys that are the same as you, you're going to say, probably see things the same way.
0: Everybody's a negligent driver. (laughs)
1: Literally everyone's a negligent driver. The awards (laughs) that juries are giving are absolutely horrible these days. You can't get in front of this judge. It's a six month wait. It's the same thing. Yeah. But if you expand that circle uh, and do it through podcasting, you get to sort of step outside the box a little bit and learn how other lawyers are practicing, learn what they're doing, get some tips. Um, nothing, nothing bad comes from that, right? Only good things. So that's, that's, I think that's been my biggest accomplishment is, is sort of making my circle much bigger.
0: Okay. So sure. a young lawyer comes to you and says, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What's your advice?
1: God bless, Mazel Tov, and do it. <laughs> and uh, I would say figure out what you want to do. Um, I am, again, a contrarian when it comes to the marketing aspect of it. I'm, I'm in the minority, but I, you know, I would be cautious and hesitant to tell him to do it to market his practice because I think with that comes you're going to chip off a part of your personality for most people to do that because you're going you're to try and make sure you're saying the right things. When realistically, people more and more want not just a, a law firm or something, they, they, they hire personalities. And I think it's important if you're a young lawyer and you're doing a podcast to let that shine through. Some people may not like it, but others will, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would say figure out why you're doing it. Don't do it because you think it's going to bring 50 clients in next month. It's not, I I promise you. Um, (laughs) But if you're doing it as an add-on, if you're doing it to differentiate yourself and you're doing it to, to really have an honest conversation with people, then have fun with it. You know, If you have one listener... Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk is a guy I really respect. Mm-hmm. Um, just just to give you a short story on this and, and why I think it's important for podcasting, um, he uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, if, if your your listeners don't know, is he's, he's a entrepreneur who essentially took the Wine Library, which is his dad's liquor store, mm-hmm. um, a, a standalone liquor store, and turned it into this behemoth online uh, wine shop. And then he starts VaynerMedia, and uh, VaynerMedia becomes this huge media company uh, that that. I want to say specializes in social media for large companies. Mm -hmm. And he said something, you know, he's written a number of books and one of the books, I think it was uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, Mm -hmm. said, who cares if you have a million Twitter followers, right, if, if none of them actually interact or buy your product? And I took that to heart to a certain extent when it comes to podcasts. So who cares if you have two listeners? If they're devoted listeners mm-hmm. that you know, sing your gospel to other people and you get business as a result, isn't that better than having 500,000 listeners where no one you know, does anything actionable, right? Where no one's actually participating in any way whatsoever. And so I would tell that person um, to essentially not look at the number of people that are listening, but realize whether or not they're providing something of value whether or not they're doing it in a way that helps the guest that's actually on the show, because that's important as well, mm-hmm. whether or not they're learning something for it. And uh, and that's it. And the rest falls into place.
0: You know, it's interesting to hear you saying that. But, you know, the, the numbers game that, we, that people seem to want to play is get a big audience and, and you'll, be, you'll have it made. Sure. But I think your, your point about a, a small audience of devoted listeners is really what you want to aim for. And, um, you know... When you, you, you also talked about not marketing, not being a marketing thing, and I, you know I think it is a marketing thing, but I think that yep. you, you can market a law practice without talking about the law practice all the time and talking about yes. the law you market the law practice by being a a human being that people want to be around and yes. want to work with and um, when I was young I, I, I was introduced to a, a club um, in this you know, sort of affluent community where I grew up. Um, where they met every week or every couple of weeks uh, over breakfast. And the one cardinal rule of this club was no talking about business. Yep. And these people would not talk about business on that Saturday morning breakfast meeting, but you know, on Monday morning, there were called back, calls back and forth. Hey, do you, you know, for referrals oh, God, and things yeah. like that. And that's huge. So if you can get, that five or 10 or 50 or a hundred people who are listening to every episode you put out because they like what you have to say and how you go about saying it. And they know you're going to bring a little value to the thing every week when it's time for them to make a referral or have a piece of business or something, who are they going to go to their friend, the person they like, you know? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it goes, goes to how social media has changed the way business is done to a certain extent where, you always wanted a larger market share be prior to this because you would think, well, look, if 500,000 people see an advertisement, then so many of them are going to – it doesn't work that way anymore, right? Because it's not them just seeing an advertisement. It's them listening to you and who you are. And so – um, right now, it's really based on those people that will uh, take value in what you're doing, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then sort of say, well, look, this person never asked me for anything, and I think they're great at what they do. You should give them a call and, and you know, see what the story is. So I think that's, that's really important to keep in mind. I agree with you completely. On to the, the networking group, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I hate, hate Networking. I just I, I despise them. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the most foreign thing in the world to stand in front of a room, uh, and that's why I never did bar associations or anything along those lines. Because yeah. you you'd have a couple whiskeys with these guys and these gals, and, and they'd say, "Well, I do PI. You know, call me if you have people. Well, who are you? What are you right. crazy? I was, why am I sending your case? I have no idea if you're a normal human being." <laughs> um, instead, if you go to these networking events that are, for instance, EO has something like this, which is a great organization. You can't talk shop with other people. You could talk about your firm and you could talk about the challenges you face and obstacles and you know everything else. But you can't say, why don't you use me? Organically, though, because they
0: know you, because they've gotten to know you, because they like you, uh-huh.
1: they're going to go to you on Monday morning. You're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to share with the audience of this show?
1: Um, no. You know, I, I, I just uh, – just to again say, and, and I agree with, in, to a certain respect, in terms of what you're saying, in terms of the marketing aspect. I just think that lawyers have um, you know, we're kind of very strange people sometimes in that someone will tell us that. I have to agree with your point. You know, you can use this for marketing, but the problem with some lawyers is that they do it in a way in which it's so canned that it feels fake.
0: It becomes so, advertising as opposed to just sort of, as you said, organic style marketing where you're just making a good impression.
1: Exactly. And I think that's really what's important in terms of podcasting and that, you know, sometimes I'll listen to, and I love your show, and then sometimes I'll listen to other podcasts to be perfectly blunt. Thanks. And I hear two lawyers talking to each other. And it's like they wrote this script for each other. And even <laughs> the laughs seem to be scripted. And you're like – you're thinking, are these people aliens? Are they, are they actually <laughs> living human beings? Well, I could no, not they're bring <laughs> an employment discrimination case to this man who literally <clears throat> is just like murmuring and saying, right. like, ha, ha, ha. So, yeah, sure. I think you can use podcasting. Uh, I think it's going to be around for a while. I think yeah. it's really fun. It's different than video. Mm-hmm. Video is uh, – if, you know, if you're awkward in front of a camera, you're awkward in front of a camera. Goodbye. You have a much better ability to show who you are in terms of the podcast because it's just your voice. You could be sitting anywhere and and talking. It's a much more relaxed atmosphere. So I would encourage those that want to try it to try it with no goal in mind, with no real end result in mind. Just do it for the sake of doing it. Mm -hmm. And and I think things come from that.
0: What are you listening to? What other podcasts are you following Uh, these
1: days? So I'm listening, as, as I mentioned, Tim Ferriss, uh, TED Talks. I'm listening to the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, podcast. Uh, I just got into Serial. Uh, I'm like the last person in America to, to get into Serial podcast from This American Life. I haven't listened to it either yet. But it's I'm... Phenom- I'm two episodes in and I can't stop listening to the thing. Okay. Uh, it's just completely out of control. Uh, there's, you know I can pull up my phone now. There's a, there's a number of others. You can, you can really fall into a uh, podcast hole, if you will. <laughs> Because there's just so much good stuff that's that's actually out there. Uh, there's something called the School of Greatness with Les Howes that I listen to. Stuff you should know podcast. Oh, the other one that I want to mention is uh, the Moment Grantland. It's it's from uh, Brian Koppelman. He's a screenwriter. He wrote Rounders, okay. and. He has this amazing, again, very relaxed podcast uh, that, uh, that you know, he talks to to different people, but his style is great. Um, and the last one is WTF with Mark Maron. I don't know if you ever heard that one. Oh, sure, yeah. He's funny. He, he's really funny, and I'll, I'll tell you this. He has an ability to, he had Dax Shepard on, who's an actor, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know why this podcast struck me, but Dak Shepard is a hysterical guy, and he had him on the show, and then he speaks to Dax about alcoholism for 30 minutes, and... I got to tell you, it was some of the best stuff I've ever heard. It's unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's genuine. And from that interview on, I've been listening to his stuff because it's just so down to earth and so, you know, cool and, and different. So those, those are some of the things that I actually listen to now.
0: All right. Fantastic. Well, this has been great. I've really enjoyed our talk. Thank you. Uh, it's been so- enlightening for me, and I'm sure the listeners getting a lot out of it, too. So thank you so much. I appreciate
1: you having me on and uh, continued success to you as well.
0: Thank you. How can listeners reach you if they are so inclined?
1: Uh, easiest way is on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Gershberg. That's uh, G-E-R-S-H-B-U-R-G. Uh, you can also reach me. My website, obviously, is danielgershberg.com. And my uh, email address, to make it even more complicated, is daniel at danielgershberg.com. So <laughs> if you need anything, you can reach me on uh, on those things or any any social media platform ever invented by
0: man. And if the you could, pod- yeah. And your podcast is?
1: Uh, the podcast is I Am The Law Podcast. Uh, you can find it under iTunes under my name, Daniel Gershberg. Uh, and then the other, the other podcast that I'm doing now is uh, TriggerCast at WordPress.com. We call it Trigger Warning, uh, and it's uh, TriggerCast at WordPress.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again. Okay. Well, I want to say thanks also to our listeners. Uh, If you don't mind, please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com and uh, a review on the iTunes store or whatever directory you use to listen to the show. That would be very welcome as well. And uh, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you are interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com, and I'll send you my free law podcasting resource guide. I'll be launching that, law, that Power Podcasting for Lawyers course very soon, and you'll also be added to our early bird VIP notification list. So until next time, keep on podcasting. <music>